Welcome to the Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing podcast, where we explore the hottest topics in cyber marketing, interview experts, and help you become a better cybersecurity marketer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing. I'm one of your hosts, Jana Whitfer, here with my uh, secretive, uh, if you're on video, secretive but amazing co-host, Maria Velasquez. (laughs) (laughs) And today we are so excited to have Kenneth Ellington on. He's a security person and we're always super excited to have security people on the show. He is a security consultant at Ernst & Young, running a team there. And he is also the founder of Ellington Cyber Academy. So great to have you on, Kenneth. Thanks, Jess. I appreciate it. Tell us, before we get into the topic that we want to talk about today, which is creating and being a creator in cyber, which is really fun, really hot, and a lot of people are getting into it. Tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get into cybersecurity and what you do at Ernst & Young? Sure. So I've been in cybersecurity and IT for about four to five years now. Initially, I graduated from the University of South Florida during COVID, which sucked. No graduation, no graduation parties. Literally, it was like a Zoom call for a graduation. That was it. Aww. So spent $40,000 to get that. Which <laughs> Well, I, you not... got an education too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I feel like, Kenneth, I feel like if, if you come to Cyber Marketing Con this year, and I know we're digressing. Right maybe away we're digressing, you, by the way. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I like where this is going. Maybe we have you wear your cap and gown and go on stage and we can all cheer you on and, and have some some pictures. We can do that. <laughs> it's going to be in Austin. So if you if you want to come down, we will, we're going to have a stage. You can walk across the stage and we'll have everybody clap. You should totally do that. <laughs> I'll walk across the stage. I won't have my cap and gown because I never got it. Um, they were, <laughs> yeah, because of COVID, they didn't, they didn't sell any. Um, oh, shit. Well, they yeah. were just like... I, I, we have extras. Do you have, I, I do. I have mine from my college graduation because, like, what do you do with it? You just put it in the closet, and then yep. you, they change the color every year, by the way, so that you can't, like, sell it to the next generation of students. They change the color, like, very slightly. Oh, that's messed up. Is, I didn't know they did yeah, that. Yeah, it's messed up, and I just have it, and I haven't worn it. Maybe I'll wear it to the grocery store. But I, Okay, it. so we're talking now about college graduation. So, awesome. USF, great school. I lived in Tampa for many oh, years. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. Nice. So we might have we might have waved at each other somewhere in in, in uh, Tampa or St. Pete. Um, so, kind of tell us what you do now, though. So you got you know you graduated. How did you? And you graduated during the pandemic, and there was no graduation. Like, how did you get into cyber? So that's a long, that's a funny story, actually. So my dad's actually a software engineer. He's been working for the past twenty five years. So he's the one that kind of pushed me to go inside of IT. So initially, this was like during like I would say like middle school, high school. He made me do like Code Academy during one summer, and I thought it was the lamest thing ever. I'm like, Dad, so you're telling me you just type on a keyboard all day long, people pay you thousands of dollars to do that? I'm like, that's stupid. Why do I want to do that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So, um, so when I graduated from high school, I went the business route. Um, so my associate's degree was in business management. Then when I went to USF, I wanted to kind of specialize in something, right, to have better job prospects after I graduate. My dad's like, hey, Kenneth, why don't you do IT? I'm like, I'm like, really? I'm like, that's a great idea, Dad. I'm, let me look at that. And so 
that's kind of how I got down to IT, bro. How I got down to cybersecurity was, so I worked at public supermarkets. Have you ever been to like the Southeast? They're like the biggest supermarket chain Did you, in that area. I have to interrupt. Did you get free pub subs? Everyone asked me that. No. I have to. We did. Damn it. Wow. <laughs> no benefits at Publix. None at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no free sandwiches. No free sandwiches. So I worked in a deli um, for about four and a half years. And while I was working there, this was like the summer of 2018, my store manager knew that I wanted to go to cybersecurity. And this is one of the things I stress towards our students. It's always like promote yourself. You never know who will speak on your behalf when you're not inside the room. Um, so I told her that like months ago. She said, hey, Kenneth, uh, the director of cybersecurity for Publix is coming towards, towards the store next week. Do you want to meet him? I'm like, yes, of course. So we saw, this was, his name was Rick Rampolo. We sat down, we talked. Um, he explained to me like um, what his team did. I honestly had no idea that Publix did cybersecurity. I thought we sold groceries. He's like, no, 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 Ken, do a lot more than that. Um, <laughs> so, so he told me, he's like, Kenneth, he's like, I have a spot my internship team next year. The one just filled up for this year. He's like, if you can do just about everything that I tell you to do in this list of instructions, I can guarantee you a spot on my internship team next year. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I can definitely do that. So fast forward nine months, I did all the things he listed me to do. I interviewed with the team. I get the job. That's kind of how I got inside cybersecurity. Um, yeah, it was awesome. That was, so that internship was one of the best times of my life. That was when I truly knew what it meant to love your job. Like I had a blast every day. I never hated waking up going to work, which was like super weird towards me. I met with all the executives. I got free launches. I toured all the factories and facilities. It was awesome. I don't, honestly, I don't have any complaints about working there because of that. That's really cool. That's really cool. It's, it's all about being at the right place, right time, and knowing the right people. And then, of course, of, of course, being a hard worker, right? So that way you can stay top of mind when, you know, something, an opportunity comes up, uh, you would be kind of like that first candidate that comes to mind for that intro. But I love that. What an amazing manager you had because you said, you you know, you were working in the deli and they recognized that Publix is like a large company and you could have a career in cybersecurity at Publix even before you said you knew that you could really have a career in cybersecurity at Publix. And so kudos to your manager and kudos to the director of cybersecurity at Publix for kind of being that hand that pulled you in. And everybody needs that hand that pulls them in at the beginning. And that's amazing. Yeah, very thankful for it. Um, so after that, it's one of the things that I guess people who've ever done internships normally realize is like, if you don't apply the knowledge afterwards, you'll lose it, right? So I don't want that to happen to me. So that's why like the minute I got out of my internship, I was I was very sad. I'm not going to lie. I almost cried on my last day there. I straight up told my manager, I'm like, I will scrub toilets if you let me stay in it on this team. I was not joking. I've been dead serious. But they didn't have the budget to keep me um, for longer. So I have to go back towards the deli, which I was pissed about. But I uh, can make the best out of bad opportunity. So I joined Blacks and Cybersecurity. Um, the Blacks and Cybersecurity is a nonprofit organization that promotes people of color in the cybersecurity field. Um, so doing network opportunities, job fairs, career services, just like overall communities to make them feel welcome, make them feel safe in this space. So I was the campus, um, basically ambassador for them. And so I did networking events. I spoke with different people from my organization for USF. They try to promote and get my people to, to join our organization. And I did that for eight, nine months. And then COVID hits, right? And then all, 
all announcements happened, everything shuts down, all events shut down. So this was in March, and then fast forward four months to June, I'm sitting in my um, parents' house because I can't go anywhere, right? In the middle of a pandemic, right? So I'm stuck at home. My CEO at the time, Michaela, she's the CEO of Black and Cybersecurity. She's like, Kenneth, do you want to do, do, do a Splunk course? I'm like, sure thing, Michaela. I'm like, who's going to be in charge of it? She's like, you are, Kenneth. I'm like, oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I can do this. That's how I got inside professional training. So I designed the curriculum, the course. I taught it in front of all our members. Everyone's like, this is awesome, Kenneth. I'm like, really? I'm like, oh my God, that was been trash. But, oh. they, they all, they all, but they all seem to like it. <laughs> so I started doing that like every three months and everyone started to love it. Everyone liked it a lot. And I switched off to UI like a year later, but I'm still doing the stuff on the side. Someone said, Kenneth, she was like, one of my students was like, if you actually charge people to pay, pay you to do it, I'll pay you money. I'm like, really? So that's kind of how I kind of got the idea to start UCA, right? But someone actually told me that they're willing to pay me for my services and knowledge. So well, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of security professionals or or folks looking into get into IT and security definitely do that because you do need that extra help. And maybe maybe their undergrad program didn't do it justice, or maybe they're completely switching industries and they just need a quick course to get them a job. Definitely worth the money for sure. Mm-hmm. People learn in different ways. Some people can't just learn online. They need a helping hand also to to learn to absorb some information in a different way. You know, they'd prefer like a set of videos or something really structured. So that's awesome. Did um tell us a little bit more also about what you do at Ernst and Young because that's kind of you know that's a you're a security consultant at EY and like I know you have a team and you have a specialty. So what? Tell us a little bit more about your security side. Sure thing. So I worked at EY for about 16 months now. Uh, so I joined back in January 2022, and I work on the SIM and SOAR team. So my specialty is SIM and SOAR technology. So think of Splunk, QRadar, XSOAR, IBM Resilient, technologies like endpoints, things of nature. That's what we specialize in. We build and design systems um, for our clients um, for the needs for that. So that's that's what I specialize in. But specifically, my main one is Splunk. That's the main thing we teach at ECA as well. Cool. So it's, a, it's an interesting job. I meet a lot of different people. It's super diverse, which I like a lot. Um, I travel, not all the time, but I'll say once a month. So it's pretty cool. I get to travel to different cities, meet a lot of different people. So I've really enjoyed my time there so far. That's awesome. And that's cool because I think what's exciting about consulting is that you get to see into a lot of different orgs, right? You're working with clients, you're setting up their SIMs and their SOARs and their systems, and you get to see kind of like, all right, different companies, like how do they work, right? You just said Splunk, QRadar, you know, I don't know what the other one, I don't remember the other few that you mentioned, but you get to work with a bunch of different tools and see a lot of different environments. And it's almost like when you're a consultant, it's almost like learning too, it's almost like being, I don't want to say it's like being in college, but it's like a mini course in, in different organizations. And in yes. that way, you could take the best practices or the best things you see from each and add that to your toolkit of what you think is your own, you know, personal best practices in the work that you do. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's another big thing. Um, it teaches you to be quick on your feet because every, on average, I'd say probably every three to four months, you move towards a study, different client, different environment. Mm-hmm. You have to basically learn the systems from scratch and then take that knowledge and do it over and over again. 
Um, so it's a lot of work, but it really helps you upskill pretty quickly. That's amazing. What? So tell us about also um, Ellington Cyber Academy, and then we'll start talking about like content and creating and being a creator and things like that. But tell us, when did you launch Ellington Cyber Academy? Um, what's the vision? And a little bit more about the company. Sure thing. So we started ECA back and oh, it's actually been a year. Yay, congrats. Um, really, thank you. It's been a, uh, May of 2022, we started it. Um, and I still don't know a lot, but I actually knew, like, I had no idea what, like, what the hell I was doing. <laughs> um, every day was completely new. I'm like, I never ran a business before. I never envisioned myself being a business owner. Um, so it was a lot of stress initially. I mean, it still is now, I'm not going to lie, but it's gotten easier, right, as you put inside those processes. So, like, our main goal and vision is, like, to get people of color primarily into the cybersecurity, right? Um, that's been a real big passion of mine since when I went. So, when I went to my first conference, this was back in, I want to say 2018, my dad told me, he's like, Cam, there's, there's not a lot of people that look like us in this field. I didn't really understand what he meant by that. So, I went to my first conference. I think it was, like, B-Sites in Tampa. And we're in the main conference room. There must have been like 300 people. I want to say like maybe five of them were like African-American. And so I'm like, all right. I'm like, now I understand what, what he meant by that. So I always just want to try to bridge that gap, right? Um, there's a lot of talent in my community. So I want to promote them and get them those opportunities um, that I've been blessed to have. Um, so that's the big thing that we've been trying to do. Because a lot of times, especially for what I saw, a lot of cybersecurity programs aren't efficient in my opinion. Um, for example, if you go to like, I don't know, like SME or something like that, you take their cybersecurity program, you'll learn all the nine domains of security, even though real, realistically speaking, you may only use three of them in your entire career, right? For me, I don't like pen testing. I don't like red teaming. I don't want to learn about it. I don't want to do it. And it's not my passion, right? So I don't want to teach that. But if I took that program, I had to spend two months learning that, right? To me, it's inefficient, right? I don't want to spend $20,000 learning about something that I don't really care about. Right. I don't want to, I don't, I'm not a Python developer. I don't want to be a Python developer. But if I took that program, I start to learn about it. Right. Even though if I do GRC, I'll never use that in my entire career. Right. So, mm-hmm. so that's why I wanted to build a program where it's specifically designed for a skill set that you can actually use. Right. So if you just want to do blue team endpoint socks up, then I'm your person. Right. I'm not going to teach you red team because that's not what we do. Um, and I'm not going to charge you an extra $10,000 to learn something that you don't really care about. Mm. Um, it's precision. It's going to get you exactly a job, what you want. right? Yeah. Right? You want to work exactly. in Splunk. Like, you want to work on the blue team. Like, hey, here's something for you. And then if you ever wanted to learn more, you can learn that on the job once you have a job. And you can, like, take other courses and things like that. Yeah. So the cool thing that we do um, that I didn't really get too much in my college, I had to push for that really strongly on my own, is there were a lot of opportunities to present in front of, like, hiring managers or directors of different companies, Right. Um, so what we do at ECA is we bring in different hiring managers from different firms like AWS, Accenture, Expel. They can actually present in front of those hiring managers for their capstone assignments. What that do and what that does is that allows them to actually like, translate that cyber talk into business language. Actually get those um, soft and presentation skills, which is super important, right? Especially when you're doing like an interview or you're trying to get promoted, right? Mm-hmm. So we actually allow them to do that, right? So they can take a very technical topic, right? Like building the scaling, like building, designing, and scaling environments or building a complex dashboard, and they can put that in a presentation, actually present it in front of the judges. And if they do well, a lot of times they'll get hired afterwards. Um, that's one of the cool things that I've been trying to bring towards the programs and the students have really been liking it so far. 
That's really cool. Kenneth, have you heard of uh, Black Girls Hack? I have. We I ran into them, uh, didn't get a chance to actually stop and talk, but I ran into them a couple times at RSA last week. In fact, they had quite a few people there just walking the, the show floor and doing introductions, and I, I think they're trying, obviously, to grow awareness on, on their groups. Um, but I was just curious as to if you've talked to them before, if you've done anything with them. I have not. So some of the groups I've talked to, I believe it's called Blacks in Technology, and then Beck, obviously, right? They've been helping for a lot of my stuff. So we've been trying to do more outreach to get the word out for what we can do. Um, same with like more business partnerships as well. So, so it's easier for the transition for their students, right? Um, another thing that I personally, I didn't get like in college was like career prep and job opportunities. Mm. So I felt like the minute I graduated, it's like kind of, it was kind of like, bye, kind of go away. You're, you're giving me your money. I, I, don't need, I don't need you anymore. Same. Um, I feel like a lot of us feel the same way too. Yeah. Because I've, I've met, talked to students who will pay $50,000 to go to a major university and they get their jobs that pay some $40,000, which doesn't make logical sense to me, right? To like yep. pay fifty thousand dollars to get an investment of only like that amount, it doesn't make sense to me, right? Um, so our stuff is like under ten thousand dollars for the most part for right now, and then the average increase in salary our clients get is about forty between forty six thousand dollars, right? Um, so to me, that's that's like a logical investment, right? Within like six to twelve months, you pay this amount, and then you can quadruple it, right, or quintuple it, maybe. Um, so that's another thing we try to do, right? Give them LinkedIn preparation, resume, shops, career services, right? Interview prep as well to give them that full experience. That's awesome. And that's and um, we'll definitely link to Ellington Cyber Academy and Blacks in Cyber and Blacks in Tech uh, in the show notes below as well. And we do have a plan. It's a secret. It's not that much of a secret, but we do have a planned blog series on nonprofits improving diversity in cyber. And I know that Blacks and Cyber is going to be one of the profiled organizations that'll be posted on our blog. So um happy to also share the word. And we're glad that you could be on our podcast and get the word out. Yeah, this is awesome. Why attend Cyber Marketing Con 2023 in downtown Austin, Texas this year from December 10th through 13th? Well, there's going to be keynotes, panels, and workshops from real marketers working in the cybersecurity industry right now. From companies like Recorded Future, Google, Eureka Cyber, NetSpy, and plenty more. Plus, we'll have the best connections and networking of your career. Get your ticket before the pricing goes up on October 1st. Check out more about the conference at cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com backslash conference 2023. Can't wait to see you there. Well, yeah, I, I was going to jump in and because you mentioned, so Kenneth, you mentioned uh, you get them on LinkedIn, you sort of help them get set up with their profile and that sort of thing. And that and that sounds like helping them with building their own personal brand, right? Um, talk to us a little bit more about that particularly. Yes. So we use a career services provider. His name's uh, Henry Davis. Awesome guy. I met him in person a bunch of times. Um, his service is called Tech Tool Consulting. So he specifically specialized in career services, resume, and LinkedIn profile revamped. So we partner with him. They get like a heavily discounted rate if they use ECA, and he takes over that for us. Um, but yeah, a lot of the um, personal branding is super important. Because the way I've always thought about it, right, um, it's not how's the saying going. It's not what you know, it's who you know. But I take it a step further. It's not who you know, it's who knows you. 
For mm. example, Gianna, like we all know who LeBron James is, right? But he has no idea, like like who the hell I am, right? He knows me. No, he doesn't. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, Gianna. <laughs> me and him are friends. No, we're not. I don't know LeBron James. That'd be cool. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, so, Kenneth. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's the thing, right? You can know all these people, but they don't know like who the hell you are, or like like what you do, or what your passions are, or, like how you can help them. Then they're not going to care, right? It doesn't matter if you know them. So we teach our students to be very personal and how to actually develop proper relationships and network with people, right? Um, that's a super important skill. Because a lot of the partners I have in ECA right now are people that I've developed relationships with over the past couple of years, right? And I didn't realize I was going to be able to pull on those at this time when I started my own company. So always yeah. being able to do that, being personable, knowing how to talk to people, knowing how to build a relationship, knowing how to network is amazingly important. It's mm-hmm. what happens in cybersecurity. Absolutely. And it's, I think it sets you above the crowd because a lot of cybersecurity folks don't want to focus, and I don't want to generalize, but you know, a lot of cyber folks are potentially more internet people, which I also put myself in that category. But you know, people like to be behind the keyboard, like to be working on the systems, not necessarily like, you know, not uh, doing sales uh, and like running around and like shaking hands, kissing babies and stuff, right? It's like, <laughs> we're here to do our job. We're doing our job really well. And cybersecurity itself is like hidden because in an organization, it's not like you hear from the cybersecurity team. It's you hear from the CEO and the executives and the board and the sales team and the marketing team. And they're out there promoting themselves. But the cybersecurity team is usually working on the background. It's kind of like IT and operations. They're working on the stuff to make sure that the company can run, isn't breached, you know, is safe, is secure. And maybe people hear about cybersecurity because they have to do cybersecurity awareness training, you know, or there's been a, a you know, a, a phishing awareness simulation or something, right? So in general, it's like a little more of a hidden unit inside of a business. And the people working there might not know how to promote themselves. So, Kenneth, you're an influencer. I'm calling you an influencer, a B2B influencer, right? We're talking about content creation, LinkedIn. What are some tips you can share for other people in cybersecurity on um, how to get, how to become known? So a couple of tips I would say is when you're starting out, um, you might hear crickets a lot, which is fine, right? You're not going to become, I don't know, was it Kylie Jenner overnight or something like that? Like, that's not like realistic. I also for most know people. Kylie Jenner, or sorry, Kylie Jenner also knows me. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> I wonder who is the Kylie Jenner of cybersecurity today? <gasps> who is it? <laughs> in, your, in your opinion, Kevin. <laughs> I, I'm going to say Ken Underhill. He's probably going to yell at me. Um, <gasps> <in my> <laughs> <comment>. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to yell at me when he sees it. I agree with you. He is the Kylie Jenner of cyber. Oh my gosh, we'll have to make some sort of graphic or we'll have to make some sort of uh, GIF, I think, with Ken's head on Kylie Jenner's body. <laughs> I think so. And- Let's make this episode go viral. I don't think you're wrong. I think Ken Underhill. Yes. That's it. I got him. Who are some other uh, people in cybersecurity who are doing really good influencing and really good content creatorism? I would say Chris and Ed. Um, to name a few, Chris Ed, probably Henry. Um, uh, Chris, Co- are you saying Chris, Chris and Ron, right? Chris yes. Cochran, Ron Eddings yeah. at Hacker Valley? Okay. Yes. Who was that third person? I actually don't know them. Um, Henry Davis. Um, so he's a tech tool guy that I was talking about earlier. Um, he puts a lot of good content as well. I was on his show actually last year. Um, and then Day Cyberwalk um, as well. He puts out good content as well. 
Um, I've heard some really good things about Tayon Tech. So, um, and they're all, I think all of them are actually in Dallas as well, which is kind of funny. We were talking about that before we started recording. It's like everybody who's anybody yeah. lives in Dallas, including Kenneth and like all these people. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what are some other tips for, you said, don't, you know, kind of like just start. There's going to be lots of crickets. You're not going to hear a thing. Like what else? What, what can people do to like keep that momentum? What other things can they do? It may sound cliche, but have your own unique voice. Don't try to copy somebody. Right. You can take like certain parts about how they design like their content. Right. But ultimately it has to be yours. Right. Uh, but people are coming towards you. Right. So you try to copy somebody that is, um, I don't know, they sell bakery goods. Right. You try to use their content and their style. Then you're going to attract people that want to buy bakery goods inside your network. And then we're not getting sales. You're not getting calls back. It's because you have a bunch of bakery people inside of your network. Right. Um, so keep that in mind. Right. Try to have your unique voice. Um, and try to have your own unique style and try to be yourself, right? That's what that's what's ultimately, ultimately going to win in the long run. Um, another thing I would say is to be consistent, right? Um, play the long game. So I would say if you're only able to post twice a week on one platform, then to start off with that, consistency is going to be your best friend, right? If you can't be consistent, then people won't want to follow you, right? They're not, they're not sure about what they're going to get from you. Um, another, another cool tip, from that I saw from Justin Walsh um, was to actually like comment or post under larger accounts that you're trying to network with. Um, so have like reach out to like five people that have a larger following than you or that you admire or, or that you try and want to build something with, and then like try to reach out towards them and talk to them. Right. The worst thing that worst thing that they're gonna say is no. Right. They're not gonna come to your house and beat you up or, or hope not. They might. I don't know. Some people are crazy. That is very true. Um, <laughs> Depends yeah. on what your comment is, right? So <laughs> Yeah. But I'll say just like comment on other posts. Ask them, just be honest. Hey, I want I'm trying to build build my following. Um, is there any way that I can support you and we can support support each other? A lot of times you're honest with people in that way, um, that want to help you out, right? Don't try to be ultra needy, right? Because then you're putting all the onus on them, which isn't fair, right? But people are super busy. I know I'm insanely busy, right? Some people try to do that towards me. Or they ask me like really redundant questions. And I'm like, I asked them, so do you check out my profile or my site or my, or my YouTube page? They say yes. They ask me a question, I'm like, you didn't you didn't check this out, right? Because this is like literally the second line in my profile section. So just put like the initial first couple of steps and let people know that you're actually serious about it and that'll go a long way. And that's actually a learning opportunity for folks too. I wouldn't say that's unkind or anything because if you cannot help yourself, it'll be harder for you to say, get a job or do great work or whatever you want to do. If you, um, so, and it's something that I think, you know, maybe, uh, inexperienced folks in the workforce might not understand that doing that extra legwork of research first and like showing that you have done that research, have read Kenneth's profile, have been to his website, um, put you above the crowd of people who are just like, give me, give me, give me, answer these rudimentary questions, right? It makes you stand out a little. It does. And it makes me want to help you more because you're actually serious about it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So, Maria, I think, is it time for our game? I actually wanted to ask one more question, um, trying to, like, bring it to our marketing world. So, Kenneth, 
you are not only a security practitioner, you are now head of sales and head of marketing of your academy. So I'm pretty sure that you've dabbled in certain marketing strategies. But in your career so far, have you worked closely with marketing teams? Um, and if not, let's talk about what you've done so far for your academy from a marketing perspective. So people that know me really well know that I hate sales. Um, I'm a very introverted person. So when someone tells me I don't want to buy this, I'm kind of like, okay. I can initially, like, that, like that's my first reaction, right? I don't want to push somebody. Uh, so I don't like sales and I don't, and I don't naturally like marketing. So I surrounded myself with people that are very good at that and that enjoy that a lot. So I actually have a business advisor and I have um, an actual business coach as well that helped me put in strategies in place to make it less painful for me to actually market towards people. So the biggest thing we're doing right now, I would say, is probably our organic marketing. Um, so this is mostly on LinkedIn or Twitter or YouTube. We normally just do posts or do videos to try to um, garner interest that way. And that's been working pretty well um, so far. Um, so, so like once we start making a lot more money, right, our sales reach a certain point, then I can, I can start to like automate some of that process by doing like Google, Facebook, whatever type of ads, right? Um, so that's normally our strategy right now. Love that. And so uh, across your advisory board <laughs> of uh, people that help you with things that you dislike, what has been like the most fun thing you've done from like a marketing that you've liked so far? I would say probably like design our logo and using our color brand scheme. That's, ah, I, yeah, that's the fun part of marketing for sure. Yeah. Um, so I want to pick I, I want to pick a color that um that I could relate with. And I didn't want to do blue. I guess it's like a running joke that every side to your company is blue for some odd reason. Yes, please. No red, no blue, <laughs> no binary code in the background. So <laughs> no guys in the hoodie. Please. Please. So I so the reason I chose green, I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but so me so me and my brothers like played a game um back when we were kids called Dynasty Warriors, which is still play now, I'm not gonna lie. Um <laughs> <laughs> so we played the game and it it takes it takes place like during the Han Dynasty in China, which is like like two hundred BC. Mm-hmm. And it's like the Three Kingdoms era. Anybody who played it knows what I'm talking about. Um but there was one kingdom called Shu, and they were green in the game, and they were my favorite people. That's why I chose the green color. I love that. I love that. That's very, very nerdy, very nerdy. But that is I, actually that's actually very marketing. There's a story behind your brand. There's a story behind your look and feel. My friend, you are doing marketing, mm-hmm. whether you like it. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So I think. And that's a perfect segue, I think, into our game. So the game that we play at the end of every podcast is we, Maria and I, are going to guess what would you be doing if you were not doing what you're doing today? So we're going to guess based on what we know about you. And the rules here are that it can't be anything in cyber. You can't say, oh, I'd be a red teamer. We can't say that. And it also can't be like, course because cyber academy so i i think we can't say that you would be like a teacher or a course creator or a content creator so this will be fun because i actually you know you know my gut's instinct says like professor so we're gonna have to come up with something else so kenneth what i know about you is you like video games because i can see your cool gaming chair also (laughs) and i know you're talking about you know the dynasty game and i played civilization which is i think a less intense version of that back in the day um so I love those types of games too, but you're also an introvert. 
I think you would be, I don't know if this exists, a librarian for video games. Is that a thing? Oh, he's shaking his head. Damn it. Oh, I'm so bad at this. Maria's winning this year. Okay. All right. Maria's going to go next, and then you're going to tell us why we're both very wrong or why she's right. Okay. Okay. Um, I think you you have a way with people, obviously in a good way. And now that I said that, that sounds very sneaky. No. Um, it, you, you're able to be, uh, create community around you, right? I think you're... And yes, sure, you're an introvert, but I think you do really well on the other side of that spectrum. Maria's just dissing my guests. She's just backhanding it yes. into oblivion. She said, John is terrible at guessing. Go ahead, Maria. <laughs> a little bit. But I'm doing it while smiling and laughing. So hopefully it's uh, the pain is not it's as less bad. of a blow. Okay. <laughs> but I think you would be like doing some sort of like radio host show, right? Also still in tech, but, you know, from a broadcast perspective i don't know i could totally see you doing that nope tell him tell her kenneth tell her she's wrong also i'm wrong we're both wrong (laughs) his face was like "Ooh, that's interesting (laughs) so what i actually would be doing and i actually this is is why i did my business degree at um hcc um when i went to first went to college is i wanted i wanted to be a chef (gasps) oh how did i not guess that what that's insane. That's what I want to be. Hey, you want to open a restaurant together? The reason, the reason, okay, so the reason, okay, so the reason I didn't become a <laughs> That was a no. That was like a, no, I don't want to open a restaurant yeah. with you. I don't even, I haven't even seen your face. Like, who are wow. you? Wow. <laughs> Listeners, Maria chose not to show video today. That's why we're making these jokes. But go ahead, Kenneth. You, you wanted to open a restaurant. You wanted to be a chef. So the reason I didn't go down that path was, so my dad um, told me, he's like, Kenneth, he's like, you, you can become a chef, but, but you have to go to business school first. He's like, I'll pay for all of it, but you have to go to business school first. I'm like, sure thing, right? Um, so as I was going towards business school, I did culinary classes all throughout middle school and high school. Um, and I, you can ask my parents. I watched the Food Network 24-7 all throughout that time. That's, that's what I was playing in the living room all the time. Um, so when I went to um, college, right, I found out that chefs don't make anything at all. And they're, like, broke as hell. And I'm like, I can't do that. Because my chef told me he, like, he works 60 hours, 68 hours a week. And he made, like, $40,000. I'm like, I can't do that. I'm a very, for me, like, I'm a very honest person with myself. I hate lying to, towards myself. And I have a certain lifestyle that I want to live. And being a chef wasn't going to get me that. So I'm like, I can't do this. Um, so that's why I didn't become a chef. Because I can't. I mentally can't imagine myself working that much, working weekends, being away from my family during the time when everyone's out, and then making that little money, right? Um, that's why. I, that's why I didn't become a chef. I still love to cook. I still cook for myself all the time, but I don't. Own my, I don't own my own restaurant. I know our path is gonna cross eventually, Kenneth. <laughs> Once we're done with cybersecurity <laughs> and sick of it. I know we will meet again. That's okay. You're, you're, it's a no right now, but I know I can convince you. I know how to cook, all that stuff. Maria is is collecting a list of, of guests on our podcast who have said anything related to food. Yes. And in 20... <laughs> partners. I need partners. In 20 years, there's going to be like a 50-person email like distribution <laughs> list. Maria's going to send a note and just going to be like, who wants to open the food truck with me? You know? Like, <laughs> what food, That's- Kenneth? What type of food? Uh, 
Probably kind of like a blend of like Jamaican and Southern food. Yum. Oh my God. I'm so hungry. You were asking, well, well, we were testing the mic before the episode started and it was all of us were talking about like lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely go for some oxtail right now. Oh my God. All right. Well, Kenneth, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people find you and learn more about uh, Ellington Cyber Academy, Blacks and Cyber, Ernst and Young? Uh, either my LinkedIn page, our business page is on LinkedIn as well. That, Twitter, or our YouTube channel. We did this launch. And those will be in the show notes for everyone to, to access. Feel free to reach out to Kenneth if you have any questions about any of the things we talked about on the show today. Maria, want to take it away? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kenneth, for joining the show today. Thank you all for listening. As usual, a new episode drops every Wednesday. So make sure you subscribe so you can get the alert. And of course, give us as many stars as you can. And uh, thanks for being a loyal listener. And if you're not, shame on you. Become one. Uh, and see you next time. <laughs> if you want to be on Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing, send a note to hey there at cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com. New email. Same people. Talk to you soon.